0: Welcome to the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast, coming to you from DraftKings Studios with your hosts, Kyle Morganoni and Matthew
1: Betts. Welcome in, everybody. December 17th the day after my mom's birthday hope you celebrate it nicely this is the DFS podcast fans footballers bets. how
0: you doing man um, I'm shook I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. like this slate is just unreal I mean the amount of news that we have to try to get through and figure out what's noise what matters who's playing who's not it's going to be absolutely off the rails I think um, so if you're if you're locked in this week and if you're paying attention to what's going on, I think you're going to have a pretty successful week because there's a good chance. Honestly, some of the information we give you on this show might not even matter come Sunday. That's how crazy this week has been with all the COVID news and injuries and man, it's been wild. So uh, I'm excited to break it down. It should be interesting.
1: Does anything matter anymore when it comes to setting your lineup for redraft or with DFS? Because I am nervous every single time I get a sleeper alert or we get a company update in our Slack channel, I'm just like, somebody is likely going on the COVID list, and obviously there's much more at stake than fantasy and DFS in terms of COVID and life, but it is a pressing time, and already, even if we had none of this information coming out, like today we had information come out about Jalen Waddell and Tyler Lockett, let's just say none of that happened this week. It already would be the grossest slate of the year, So week 15 is one of those that you can write down in your calendars. If you still keep a diary at home, write something down and say, I knew where I was at week 15 of the 2021 NFL season. It's gross, but we're glad that you're with us. You can get all of our picks, all of our DraftKings and FanDuel picks, including uh, our wide receiver cornerback matchup article that comes out, our roster percentage report, all of the good stuff, including Betts' Thursday night article, in the DFS Pass. And if you want to save some money, we highlighted this on the main show and the guys actually laughed about it the other day. I mean, they said for the rest of the season, if you want to get the DFS Pass, it is (laughs) $16.67. Is that a slap in the face to us?
0: I mean, the 67 cents is just in of itself. I know Mike said, just make it an even number, man. Come on. But uh, but yeah, here we are, 16 bucks. What a deal. Um, Hey, if there's any loved ones in your life that you still need a Christmas gift for, I mean the DFS pass it's a pretty sweet gift I'm not gonna lie
1: nothing says I love you more than a couple of DK crowns you know getting into the DFS pass and yeah that's 67 cents like that that goes to feed bets's family so make sure that you give him some food for the holidays <laughs> he would really 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 appreciate that we need it but since it's such a such a gross slate let's just jump straight into our cash picks <laughs> Great cash, homie. You and I were talking before the show. And we just were really clear with each other. Like, dude, I, I, I'm I, trying to stretch out and give people more cash picks here. But there's really only a couple at each position. And I don't really want to, you know, go in a bunch of different directions. So we'll give you a pool. You can get all of our picks in the DFS pass. But at quarterback, I can only name three players On both sites that I would even think about in cash
0: yeah it's it's super thin this week and you know even the names that we're going to throw out like you can poke holes in these guys and the first one that we were going to talk about today on the show before we had the news of Jalen Waddle was Tua who is dirt cheap 5.7k on DraftKings taking on the Jets who are pretty much among the worst in football in every defensive category especially against quarterbacks like yards per attempt yards per play, completion percentage. I mean, you name it, they are the worst. So on paper, it's an awesome matchup and it's an awesome spot. However, now we have no Jalen Waddle likely in this spot against the Jets. So it does bring him down just a little bit. I think my lean is that he's still probably a decent cash game play. Maybe it takes a little ceiling off of the top for Tua. But again, it's the Jets. It's an awesome matchup. And really, Tua, over the last four, five, six weeks of the year, Um, he's completing over 70% of his passes. He's actually playing really good football. So I think he's probably safe if you want to go down a little bit in pricing this week. Um, He's probably my preferred cash game play this week.
1: I mean, have the Jets let us down at all this year? Like when we've really needed to count on facing the Jets, they've come through for fantasy. So I think if you want to go two, you're fine. We mentioned Dak on Tuesday. He's probably the safer play of the two at 6,400. And he's already played these Giants earlier in the year. He went 302 and three. So Dak feels super safe. And then I'm only going to mention, okay, I'll be, I'll mention one more. Kyler is somebody that I personally would play and in cash and even in GPPs, I'm totally fine if you wanted to play Kyler completely naked. Like if you think that Kyler by himself is going to account for four touchdowns, let's say it's three through the air and it gets all spread around and then he runs for another, I'm totally fine with that. The last two weeks he's run for 120 rushing yards and the first eight weeks of the season, it was only 160 total. So we're getting those rushing numbers back up, which means that he's viable. So uh, seven point on in DraftKings, eight point eight on Fanduel. I think that he's the only other guy that I would play. I, I'll say Matthew Stafford, but uh, I think I like Dak more. Any other last thoughts at quarterback?
0: No, uh, that's that's kind of my pull this week. Those so three guys. I will say too, in regards to Kyler. Um, I think his outlook probably improves a little bit more if James Conner would happen to sit in this one just because we know Conner gets so much volume close to the goal line. So if there is no James Conner, you could see more rushing volume when they get in close against the Lions. And let's be honest, they're going to be in close often in this spot. They have the highest team implied total on the slate.
1: We'll talk about that game in a second. James Conner leads the league in red zone rushing touchdowns. I thought it would be Jonathan Taylor, but when they get in close, you're right. They give it to Conner. Speaking of running back this week, we talked on Tuesday about how there's no elite plays this week. There's no Dalvin. There's just not a lot of plays. Jonathan Taylor plays on Saturday. So where are you leaning this week? And does it look like it's one of those weeks where you go in the 5K range and just save some money?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think our general approach usually is to try to get up to at least one of the studs on this slate. And with Najee Harris being the most expensive I think he's fine if you want to go there. I think my lean is just that these wide receivers are in awesome spots. Cooper Cup, you know, Devontae Adams just smash spots for both these guys, and I, I want to play one of those guys in my cash lineup, and so in order to sacrifice to get down the running back position, you kind of have to. So yeah, in the five K range, I mean there's a lot of names that I really like this week. I guess let's start the conversation with Sony Michelle because right now we're still not sure exactly what's going on with Daryl Henderson. He hasn't played in a couple games. Been on the COVID list. Also dealing with that quad issue from about three weeks ago. So, I mean, even if Daryl Henderson is active, I think Sonny Michelle is still viable this week. Now, clearly, it would take a little bit of the ceiling off of Michelle. He's played like 98% of the snaps the last two weeks, just dominating the touches. Gets the goal line roll. Gets passing down work. You can't poke any holes in this spot. And Seattle, man, woof. They are rough against running backs. So, yeah, if, if Sonny's there by himself, to me, he's locked it in my cash lineup, no questions.
1: If I'm dropping down a bit further, James Robinson at 5.4, I think all of us feel even better now that Urban Meyer's gone. I know that's a bit narrative-based, but the matchup against the Texans is pretty good. They've only allowed, um, hold on, the most rushing yards in the NFL, like the most, and the most 10-plus yard runs. So James Robinson at 5.4, and then this guy has kind of slowly climbed for me throughout the weeks. Uh, He's my cover guy for FanDuel Cash this week. I like him a lot on FanDuel at 5.8. It's Dante Foreman of the Tennessee Titans. I'm getting a ton of redraft questions about him this week. Like, should I start him? I think he's a strong start, and the Steelers look kind of scary. But they've allowed top five running back production in four of the last five games and the third most rushing yards of the league. So you would mostly think of the Steelers being a stay away matchup, but it just feels so good, and the Titans are one-point favorites. So how do you feel about Foreman?
0: Yeah, I wrote him up actually in the DFS pass as a GPP pick because of the fact that I think he'll probably get a little bit overlooked in terms of those 5K backs as it stands on a Thursday when we're recording this. So we'll see what happens over the weekend. But either way, I for sure want some exposure to Dante Foreman, which is not a sentence I thought I would ever say in the year 2021. But here we are. Um, Yeah, man, the matchup is awesome with the Steelers. 182 rush yards per game allowed over the last three weeks, including just that monster performance from Dalvin last week. And each of the last three starting running backs have found the end zone against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And at five point two on DK, and I forget what you said he is on FanDuel, stupid cheap there too.
1: Five point eight. If he
0: falls in the end zone once, you're pretty much good to go. So yeah, for me, he's a really strong play.
1: And then let's just bring up real quick the Cardinals situation. Let's say you don't play Kyler and Cash, but you want some access to those team implied totals. Where are you going? Uh if
0: Connor's active, is Connor the play? And if Connor's not active, it's Edmonds. I think so. I think that's probably my lean. I mean, Connor is just, it's like automatic at this point. Like, you think he's going to regress at some point and not find the end zone, and there he is. And we know that the Detroit Lions are uh, very giving this time of year to the running back position. So, yeah, if Connor's in there, he's a solid play. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, if if there's no James Connor, the only other backup right now that they would be competing with for targets and touches would be um, your boy, you know, Benjamin. So, in that spot, Chase Edmonds <laughs> looks like a really solid play, and he's 5.1, I think, on DraftKings. So, yeah, either way, the, the running back situation for the Cardinals is a spot to really pay attention to this week. And if we get clarity, they're going to be a smash spot.
1: I'm going to give you 10 seconds, bets, where you get to talk about Duke Johnson, because I know that you are so hype about this. So where are we at with the Miami backfield? Because everybody's pretty much still in COVID protocols.
0: He is locked into my... Ca- no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, so the Miami Dolphins situation is is the most up in the air right now of any team we have all three of their I guess quote-unquote best running backs Miles Gaskin Salvin Ahmed and Philip Lindsay on the COVID list Malcolm Brown has not played since week seven because of a quad injury he has been designated to return but is not officially active activated yet so as of now it's like Duke Johnson Jared Doakes uh, just Kyle Borgononi in the backfield I don't even know who's back there uh, we could get we could get Duke Johnson at four thousand US dollars on DraftKings.com. Stoneman against the Jets. If those guys are all rolled out, what are you doing with Duke Johnson?
1: I'm not going to touch him. The dude has literally not been on an NFL team. He's been on the street for a while, so I don't want any Duke Johnson. But if you could play me for the Stoneman,
0: <laughs> dude, they might make an exception for you and put you at like three point six.
1: I feel like they would, like, yeah, I'd be one of those cheat codes where you could play me, like, in a different spot, <laughs> and yeah, man, I mean, some flag football in college, won a couple of chips, I mean, it's kind of a big deal, we ran a, you know, not traditional offense, so I don't know how it would translate, but I don't really want anything to do with the Dolphins' backfield, because transition to wide receiver, Devontae Parker is someone we brought up on Tuesday, we've talked about the whole week, and now, with Jalen Waddle out, I cannot imagine playing a cash lineup without Devontae Parker this week against the Jets. Like, please tell me why somebody wouldn't play him.
0: I really can't. Um, he's 4.3 on DraftKings. He's his stupid cheap. I know he hasn't been the most reliable as far as being on the field, but when he is on the field, all the dude does is earn targets. So now, yeah, no Jalen Waddle who over the last three weeks is vacating about a 30% target share in this offense. You, I feel like you have to play him in cash, right? I mean, in GPPs, maybe it's a different conversation, but if you're setting a cash lineup this week on DraftKings, he's for sure in there.
1: All right, so Devontae Parker is kind of where I started my lineup, and then there's a couple other plays. Brandon Cooks at 5.8 is playing against the Jaguars, who are really bad at defense. They're allowing the highest expected points per pass attempt in the league, so he feels super strong at 5.8, and then... What are we doing with DK Metcalf at 6.2? With this news of Tyler Lockett, the targets are going to go his way. He actually did really well against the Rams when they played earlier this year. He caught two touchdowns, one of those against Jalen Ramsey. So any interest in Metcalf or is just the floor... Is this like a Jamar Chase situation where it's like, we want to play this guy in GPPs, but in cash, it's like, uh, the floor is like three points.
0: I think it just depends on like what you have salary-wise. I mean, if you have the money to make it work, he's affordable at 6.2 on dk and yeah without tyler lockett i mean this rams and seahawks game is one that we're going to talk about in a minute but it's probably the best stacking environment on the slate so we're liking a lot of pieces from it and dk metcalf you know over the last couple of weeks he's been tackled at the one yard line and had a touchdown called back because of penalty so it is coming for dk metcalf soon and later i guess i'm just gonna let the roster percentage just kind of dictate how i approach him if he's gonna be really popular i'll play him in cash and if he's gonna be super super chalky in tournaments I may look elsewhere, but yeah, I mean it's coming for DK Metcalf sooner than later. He's just too talented to be, you know, to have his box scores be as low as they've been the last couple of weeks.
1: And then at the top, where we mentioned this, Cooper Cup, 9K. He's 9K on Fandle, which makes him an elite play. Devonte Adams is 8.9 on DraftKings, 8.5 on FanDuel, which is way cheaper and it's great. So either one of those two dudes will be in my cash game lineup. Right now I have Cup. And then Deontay Johnson at 7.5. If you just want to lock in eight targets, nine targets and just say, Hey, this is where this is going to go. Tennessee gives up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers in the league. Then go with Deontay Johnson. I want to mention on FanDuel. I, I like CD lamb at 7.4. I think he's a really good play. And then Van Jefferson, let's say you didn't play cup, uh, in your lineup. Then Van Jefferson, 6.2 feels pretty, pretty good with OBJ out, but any other names you want to bring up?
0: No, I think that was that's pretty much it for, uh, you know, the best cash game plays. I think a wide receiver
1: at tight end, we usually say pay up or punt and the pay up this week is either you have to pay up a ton for Kittle or Andrews and I don't love the punt. So I'm kind of going against my rule and I like in that middle tier Dallas Goddard at five point three feels cheap. He's six K on FanDuel He's a great play there. Washington's allowing the third most passing yards and the second highest opponent pass TD rate. So I want to go in that direction. I want some semblance of that offense. And hey, if Gardner's playing, maybe even better because he just hyper targeted Goddard this past week. Maybe it's that Gardner Goddard kind of connection that those two have. Uh, how are you handling Gesicki? I saw his name on there. I know you're a Penn State homer, but in cash, do you feel super confident? I mean, if you're playing Parker. You're not playing Gesicki, right?
0: I don't know, man. I haven't started building lineups because at this point, it feels like, why would you bother uh, on a Thursday with all this news? <laughs> but I mean, my, my initial thought process is just like the projection is going to be so strong on Gesicki, who is a wide receiver, basically. And Jalen Waddell running all of his routes from the slot. That's going to open up so much across the middle of the field for Mike Gesicki. So I think it's probably viable actually to play them both. In the same lineup, even in cash, if you're playing Tua, like, like where are the targets going to go outside of those two guys in this offense? Mac Hollins, I mean, pro- you know what? Mac Collins is coming up for two touchdowns this week because I said that, so perfect. Um, but yes, I think Mike Gesicki is a very, very strong play in any format, really, and I I am willing to play them both in the same lineup in cash. The Jets are just it's the Jets.
1: I think you mentioned the Jets, and then you you mentioned the fact that hey, think of Gesicki more as a slot wide receiver. And you would be really excited at that price point, 5K, to get somebody with this skill set. Uh, RSJ, if you really wanted to punt down there, is 3.4. Uh, it's tough for me because John Bates actually saw more snaps last week. But he's definitely the one, if I'm going to go that low, you can look there because, I mean, Washington has nobody. Camsen's is on the COVID list. McLaurin's probably not going to play. Adam Humphreys is not the elite player he used to be. I hate to see it. So... <laughs> I mean he could have been one of the greats he, could he have really could have
0: while we're talking through Washington real quick one name that we didn't mention I just want to get your thoughts on is um, Antonio Gibson obviously it was chalk again last week major failure what do you have like five DK points he's the same price 6k if they have no McLaurin if there's no JD McKissick if there's no Cam Sims are you going there? I am very very triggered and wounded by
1: that man Um, so I'm going to say no, but in tournaments, I could totally see it where you just have a mini correlation of Gibson and Goddard or Gibson and Devonta Smith, which kind of would come in pretty low rostered. So that's probably what I would do. But, um, yeah, I mean, people are going to run away just like I am. If like, Hey, I remember last week he was 65 plus percent in cash and, and people got to run away. All right, let's go to defense. Uh, the Bills and the Jags on DraftKings is kind of where I want to go right now. I have the Bills in my lineup at three point one because they're playing the Panthers, who have no identity as an offense anymore.
0: Who do you like? Yep, same names as you. Those are my two top plays for sure. I think I lean Buffalo uh, in that spot if you have the three hundred bucks to get up to them on DraftKings. Also, throw out um, over on Fanduel the Eagles at four point three against Washington looks really solid as well, and they're on own, on DraftKings three point five. I mean, man, Taylor Heineke's banged up with quad and elbow issues we just talked about. They have no playmakers this, this week. Like, there's none outside of Antonio Gibson, potentially, with Terry McLaurin injury, JD McKissick, um, Logan Thomas, all those guys out. And they're going to be starting a fourth string center this week. And the Eagles are strongest up front in their front four. So, yeah, it looks awesome for the Eagles this week if you want a high upside play. Um, even in cash, I think they're, they're viable.
1: Stack attack. I actually kind of just lied to you, the listener. Normally, each week, we talk about the games that we'd like to stack. But for the first time in the history of the show, I just, I can't do that. I couldn't do that to you because stacking, I feel like I just have to throw out a ton of the rules and a ton of things that we've been talking about this year because I'm going to lean more into team totals and build my lineups around a couple of teams that I really like rather than saying I have to be all in on this game. So I'm going to give three different teams that I like. And, bets. feel free to, if you have a team that I'm forgetting, I want to add them in. Maybe we'll give a couple of correlation plays at the end. Maybe a couple of slate breakers, right? I mean, those have been... All about those slate breakers. Those have been... Dude, they've been hot. All right. I want to talk about the Cardinals. They have a near 30 implied team total. And in terms of game score, their game against the Lions is not great. Okay? Like, in terms of pace, it's just middle of the road if I'm comparing it to a normal slate but the Cardinals are such heavy favorites and their offense even without DeAndre Hopkins projects so well that we want a piece of this offense Arizona here's what they've done on the road this year every single time Vegas has projected them and their team implied total they've surpassed it every single week which is an awesome trend it also scares me to just completely bank on that but 30 points is what Vegas is saying, and we can feel pretty good about that. So knowing that there's 30 points available for us on the Arizona side, where would you go? And then at the very end, I'll kind of ask, like, do we even care about the Lions?
0: I think it's easier to answer the second part <laughs> first. <laughs> I mean, i Ross St. Brown, if you want to correlate is is the is the bring back. You messed around with Mr. Brock Wright last week <laughs> in cash. Uh, We just got news TJ Hawkinson done for the year with his thumb injury. I'm not playing Brock, Wright. No, thank you. He's 2.8. If you, how dare you, you did it. You're wild, man. He, he,
1: 2x, (laughs) he got five points.
0: (laughs) Oh, what a legend. Um, But you know, outside of Amonara St. Brown, it's hard to get excited about any of these options. So yeah, I'm not going to force to bring back. I think on Arizona's side, we just know that, you know, they're going to have success. It's just a matter of how do they do it. And with there being so many injuries to talk about, it's hard to really, you know, zoom in on who those guys are. I think Christian Kirk becomes one of the more popular plays in the mid 5k range. Not that he's not a good play. I just know that we've seen a floor from Christian Kirk many times when you've been counting on him before. I think AJ Green might get overlooked on this slate. People don't like clicking AJ Green's name. Because he's the you know veteran wide receiver. We saw him for a couple of years just decline. And, and now he's kind of back on this offense. But without DeAndre Hopkins, we saw like a bunch of deep shots to A.J. Green on Monday Night Football. He's 4.9K. The Lions, man. I mean, they're going to score touchdowns. It's just a matter of figuring out where they go. And if you want to play Kyler and stack him, I think A.J. Green is interesting as leverage off of Christian Kirk this week.
1: And what makes it different this week is... I'm not fully game stacking this, so even with Kyler, I'm totally fine if you said Kyler, AJ Green, done. Or Kyler, Christian Kirk, I'm not even touching a lion. You may look at those targets with Amon Ross, State Brown, and say, okay, he's gotten 12 in back-to-back weeks. He's interesting. I just don't see a GPP winning score coming from him unless he hits the end zone, and he's not a great bet this week. I don't really like any of the lions, the way that they're projecting. Now, it certainly could happen but I probably will be playing either Kyler naked or Kyler plus Kirk or if Chase Edmonds is in, and let's say Connor's out, I will be playing a ton of Kyler and Edmonds because those two have always correlated super well together, uh, obviously because he catches passes. So looking at a skinny stack or a naked stack, that's what I'm trying to stack today. How do, how do you feel about that?
0: What's funny is that a naked stack is not a thing because if you're playing them naked, <laughs> you're literally not <laughs> stacking so, so there's that. Um, but yes, I'm with you. I think that's my approach to this uh, this game as well.
1: You know, I just got caught in saying, I just wanted to say the word naked. Yep, you did. Once again, on this podcast. <laughs> you did. Um, I'm not even going to give. I mean, the, the line is Arizona minus 12, but uh, normally we'd give our Vegas picks. And I just, it's just at this point now where you're looking at this game and saying, can I get two pieces and get out of here? Because you do not want to get caught up in a Guns Mahoney, you know, hangout fest. Like, I don't want to hang out with any of these guys. Jared Goff?
0: (laughs) I actually would love to hang out with Guns Mahoney. Dude, he looks like an (laughs) awesome guy to hang out with. Super fun to root for. Strong. Just a real guy's guy, you know? Hey Bets, you want to come over here? And and like he would he would tell you old war stories.
1: Hey, do you remember when I was the tight end for the Dallas Cowboys? You really
0: would. And I would be all yes, about it.
1: We remember We remember Dan, you and your really long hair. All right, let's talk about the next team. It's the Los Angeles Rams. They carry a 25 and a half point team implied total. And the reason why we like the Rams is because they are a pace up squad. Their first neutral game scripts, their second in expected points per pass attempt and they have the highest pass rate inside the 10. So Matthew Stafford projects really well. I think we would say Sonny Michel projects well in like a median standpoint, but it's the passing game with the Rams that we want a piece of. It's Cooper Cup, it's Van Jefferson, and then I think Tyler Higbee needs to be brought in the conversation with Odell out. So how do you feel about Higbee this week?
0: Yeah, I think he's definitely interesting. He's 4K on DraftKings, and you know when we're looking at names at the tight end position that aren't the elite guys of you know Kittle, Andrews, Kelsey when he's on the slate, those types of options. All I'm looking to do usually is correlate my tight end with a quarterback that I feel really good about, and I feel awesome about Matthew Stafford this week taking on a Seattle defense that ranks bottom of the league in a lot of the passing categories for defense against quarterbacks. So if Matthew Stafford has success, we obviously think Cooper Cup is an awesome, awesome play. Let's say Cooper Cup goes for two touchdowns, but Stafford throws for three. If you go double stack with Cup and Higby and it doesn't go to Van Jefferson who I do think is going to be pretty popular this week. I think Higby allows you to get access to this game in a way where you're not playing into a ton of roster percentage because then you look at on Seattle side, well if Tyler Lockett doesn't play, DK Metcalf is not going to sneak by anyone. So then you're just playing like huge roster percentage with uh Cup and Van Jefferson and DK Metcalf. So I think Higby is the key here to get a little bit different if you want to stack this game.
1: Yeah, the thing about the Seattle defense is that they're giving up the most plays per game in the league. So we already like Los Angeles has an efficient offense. They're facing a defense that just continually gives up long drives. They give up, you know, tons of points. They're allowing the most passing yards in the league. So there's just so much to like on the Los Angeles passing side that I'm willing to load up, like you said, in double stacks. So I think Higby is a great option. Bringing it back with Metcalf is going to be the logical thing now that Lockett's out. Like before, at least we could say, okay, well, the field probably likes Lockett because he's been doing it, and Metcalf would be kind of a sneaky play. Now we don't have that, you know, opportunity. Like it's almost like I want to stay away from Metcalf because he's popular.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's really tough, like you said, because if we if we had Lockett here, I would be all about it. But it's really tough. Would you? I guess. Would you look elsewhere? Like, would you go with Gerald Everett or like Freddie Swain? In a revenge game? In a revenge game, yeah. Rashad Penny? I, I So I I can't do Rashad Penny because
1: he's one play away from leaving the game. And I know it's narrative based, but I, I just, I think if I'm going to have a piece, it's going to be a really low roster piece like Freddie Swain that I mix in in a couple of lineups because we have already mentioned this is going to be the most popular game on the slate like in terms of stacking in terms of place. So I bet you're going to see a ton of lineups that have cup and Metcalf in them. Like even just those two and they're not playing Stafford. So you're just playing against so many lineups that are banking on this game being it. And I think it is on the Los Angeles side. I just don't know on this Seattle. So I think, yeah, mixing in someone like Swain is fine for a deep kind of play that Todd locket deep role. Yep. But, um,
0: Yeah, that'd be like a large field GPP play only for me. Like in the, the tournaments that I play in, which are like, you know, 500 or less people, I don't think you need to go there. But if you're playing those huge lotto type style tournaments where you have to differentiate yourself, I mean, Swain would probably come in 4%, 3%, something like that. So I think he's fine. Right?
1: Can you play Stafford with Sony, Michelle and Cup?
0: I think so. I mean, Sony gets passing work out of the backfield you know, Cooper cup can get there even without finding the end zone. Like he's getting so many targets without Odell Beckham. He could legitimately push for like 18 targets this week. And that is not hyperbole. I mean, it's, it's unreal. And you said they're, they're allowing a ton of plays per game to the opposition. Seattle is. So if it all goes through, you know, Cooper cup, Sony, Michelle and Matthew Stafford, I think it's very viable for sure.
1: All right. Last team that we're going to talk about here is Dallas Cowboys. They have a 27 and a half point team implied total. And they're 11-point road favorites. But the thing about the game is it only has a 44 total. So I can't fully endorse this game from a stacking standpoint because the quarterback of the Giants currently is Mike Glennon or Jake Fromm. I don't really know actually who it's going to be. We had our moment in the sun with Mike Glennon. It was great this past week. I loved it. But we just need to move on. And so with the Dallas side... If we were to take three pieces here and get out, is that your preferred method?
0: I don't know if I'm locking in three pieces, but I certainly want some exposure to a team that has a huge total against the Giants. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we talked about Dak. He's in a really good spot. And I think my preference here is to go into CD Lamb. Again, I was on him last week. He had an okay game. Wasn't really GPP winning. But when you look at you know this offense, they're actually manufacturing rush attempts for him. He's got at least one in back-to-back uh, weeks. He had two last week. So just trying to get his, you know, the ball in his hands. And with the Giants, they're definitely the weakest over the middle of the field. They've given up some really big games to slot wide receivers. CeeDee Lamb's going to spend most of his time there. I love CeeDee Lamb this week for sure, especially at his price point. I think on Fandle, he might get pretty popular because he's so cheap. But I think on DK, with everyone wanting to try to get up to Cooper Cup, Devonte Adams, he might get lost in the shuffle this week. So I think he's a really strong GPP play to get off of the chalk.
1: So Dallas, since week seven, since they're by, they've only hit the over once. And you can look at that and interpret a couple different things. You could say, oh, well, Dallas, you know, Zeke's been stuck like sputtering. And but the thing is, it's the other team that we care about. So in this game with the Giants, do I trust the Giants with Mike Glennon and a bunch of injuries on the team to get 16 and a half points? I don't. Like I just don't don't do that. So sterling Shepard's the only one that i'm kind of interested in i feel like saquon a ceiling game just doesn't feel like it's in the range of outcomes evan ingram's dead to me so i just
0: <laughs> evan ingram i just yeah.
1: can't. remember when he played football that guy his rookie year
0: <laughs> that guy um real quick so though, on, on sterling me- Shepard, if you did want to go that route i know we talk about ceiling a lot in gpps and Shepard is 4.7k so if he just piled up yards and receptions in a negative game script you really don't even need him to find the end zone to pay off that tag so i think he's somewhat interesting i don't think anyone's going to play him but yeah i'm with you i don't think you have to force it this week
1: yeah when i wrote up some of my game stacks i had like Dak cooper lamb and then bring it back with shepherd or Dak Gallup, and bring it back with shepherd or um I still like this spot for Dalton Schultz. He really hasn't done a ton in a while, but if I'm going to correlate and play a tight end, it's going to be with the quarterback. Um, and then I just need to mention that Zeke, when these two two teams played earlier in the year, like he had a good game. He had two touchdowns over a hundred rushing yards. So it's been a minute, but if you wanted to go Zeke and Dallas DST, I don't think that would be too bad. I think that Dallas has some upside. Uh, we know their defense creates turnovers and they've been pretty awesome. So, um, that's kind of where I'm at with those three teams, but let's mention a couple of other plays that are worth just quickly talking about. For me, I would like to play a 49er. I think I feel like the 49ers at home against the Falcons are in a good spot. So, if Elijah Mitchell is active, I would want him in on a roster. But if you wanted to get one of those pieces, if it's a Debo, Ayuk, or Kittle, I think that you could correlate them with a Cordell Patterson and have kind of an interesting correlation. Same thing if you wanted to do it with uh, Denver and Cincinnati. So either mix in uh, and bring it back with Jerry Judy. I think that that's worth looking at in a GPP. But any other correlation plays you like?
0: I think that makes a lot of sense for sure. I'm with you on San Francisco. I think that they are a team that we, we just don't know right now like where it's going to go. Um, but with Debo being, I think he's 8.2. Um, IU's priced up a little bit at 6.3. You know those guys. There's paths to having them. You know both have success, but we talked about it on Tuesday. You're not going to be able to fit George Kittle in a cash lineup. I think he is an awesome, awesome, awesome GPP play. I mean AJ Terrell on the corner. You know in the perimeter for Atlanta. That's where they're strongest, as you know, Kyle. Over the middle, not so strong. And George Kittle is just playing lights out right now. He broke the slate two weeks in a row. It's going to regress at some point, but on paper, is this the spot where it regresses? I don't know. And uh, I want to take some shots for sure in GPP. So I'm with you. I think that is really like my uh, my last kind of take on the teams that I want exposure to. I'll just point out, the Eagles have a really high implied total this week. I'm kind of surprised by it. Did you see it's 27 points? So, I mean, no one's going to play Miles Sanders. I don't think anyone's going to play Devonta Smith. I think Dallas Goddard's an interesting play like we talked about. So those other names are, are going to be GPP-only type of dart throws for me. Miles Sanders and Devonta Smith.
1: I'm going to throw out a wide receiver that I am officially putting my slate breaker uh, label on this week. And if you have any other slate breakers, feel free to throw them in. It's going to be Chase Claypool. And listen, you don't have to be the smartest kid at school to dominate at the playground. Am I right? Like you could just dominate in the schoolyard when you're playing dodgeball because you're really good at it. And Chase Claypool doesn't have it all there. He makes some dumb plays. But I think he's due for a long touchdown, especially against the Titans. So he's going to come in way lower. Deontay's the obvious cash play. So I like Claypool if he's going to have a blow up game. This is it. And then I'll also say I just I like Michael Gallup. He's on the field. He's seeing a ton of targets like he's last four games has been 10, 8, 9, 9. Like that's a ton of targets. And I feel like he kind of gets lost in the shuffle of those Dallas wide receivers. So anybody else that you would throw out there and say, hey, if, if they hit like they could break the slate.
0: Yeah, this is a name that, again, it doesn't give you any confidence, but Marquez Valdez-Scantling is really interesting to me as a stacking partner with Rodgers. I think you can play him with Devontae if you want to go double stack, but man, the Ravens, we just talked about it a couple times already on the show, their secondary is insanely injured. Last week, Jimmy Smith, healthy scratch for some reason, but even when they've had some of those guys in there, they are allowing the most deep passes completed in the entire NFL. Where does Marquez Valdez-Scantling run his routes, Kyle?
1: He, he 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 runs them deep
0: yes good answer he runs them deep <laughs> down the field a ridiculous 18 <laughs> average depth of target um so yes give me mvs i think he finds the end zone this week he breaks the slate with a couple of long bombs
1: what's so funny is when you asked me i was like oh no i know the answer but is this a trick question <laughs> i'm like <laughs> i felt like i was getting quizzed uh you passed. all right Don't worry, you passed. let's i feel good let's let's battle it out <laughs> FS Battle Royale. Bets took a commanding lead. He leads by 1. Just 1. Watch for out. For the season. So, so, if you wanted a couple of different categories that could help you this week, that's so what Bets and I are here for. So, give me a stacking quarterback that you would potentially use in a GPP under 6k. I just saw your answer.
0: Yeah, this is not for the faint of heart. Um, this takes some, some guts. I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence this week. He is 5.1, absolutely buried in pricing. He's cheaper than Gardner Minshew, and we're not even sure if Minshew's going to start. Trevor Lawrence, I get it. It has been awful. He has one touchdown pass since week nine, but his best game as a pro came week one. He threw three touchdowns, and he played the Houston Texans, and that is who on the, is on the schedule this week. Urban Meyer is gone. Daryl Bevel pushes the ball downfield when he gets control of the offense. If that happens, I think Trevor Lawrence can really pay off in a GPP this week. And uh, spoiler alert, I like stacking him with Marv Jones.
1: I mean, who doesn't? I mean, (laughs) what a guy. (laughs) Uh, We actually have a question later about Marv Jones. I'm going to say Jimmy G, handsome Jimmy at 5.8 at home. They have a really high team implied total of 28 points. And we mentioned George Kittle earlier, but let's say you stack Jimmy G with Kittle and Ayuk or Kittle and Debo, and you got four touchdowns between those. I think that in a GPP at his price point, 5.8 on DraftKings, he could do some work. All right, give me a cash game running back that's not named Najee Harris, who's pretty much the most expensive running back, or Sony Michelle, who we've kind of identified as like, he's the dude.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with, I'm going to cheat here. I'm going to say the, the starting Cardinals running back against the Lions. So if they're both active, my official answer will be James Connor. But if one of those two misses, I mean, the other one would just be in an awesome spot.
1: Man, if we could only get Eno Benjamin, I would, I would feel, I would die a happy
0: man. Would you play him at Stoneman? Uh,
1: if he's the only guy yeah. against the Lions, yeah, of course, okay. It would make me feel super cool. Those of you, I wrote an article about Eno, and so whenever I see his name, I just feel so happy.
0: You kind of um, forget he's in the league. He's done nothing you? in
1: the NFL. Yeah. He's, <laughs> last year, he didn't do anything.
0: Nope. He not didn't a thing. Take
1: one meaningful snap. All right. I'm going to go with Donta Foreman. I mentioned him earlier at the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just he's shaping up to be one of my favorite cash game plays of the week. And he feels safe. I don't know if he has 25 plus point upside, but I think you can get to 15 points and feel confident of him getting in the end zone. Uh, let's go with a cheap wide receiver under five k that you would use in attorney.
0: Yes, I just talked about this guy. MBS Marquez Valdez Scantling is four point nine k. We talked about it. That's how you beat Baltimore down the field. Aaron Rodgers is playing lights out right now, despite the toe injury. He's still playing incredibly well. Um, and I want to just back this this Packers offense against the banged up secondary.
1: All right. So the easy answer for this, you know, below five k would be. Devontae Parker. So I feel like I had to kind of exit him out, but I'm just going to say AJ Green I have 4.9. He had a big game this past week, and I think he's one of the few receivers that can actually body somebody in the end zone. So it's not going to be Christian Kirk. It's definitely not going to be Rondale Moore. So in terms of red zone looks, I like AJ Green for the Cardinals there. And then a pay up tight end. I wanted to say punt, but there's really only two options this week if you had to pay up.
0: Yeah, I mean the two names, it's, it's George Kittle and Mark Andrews. I went with George Kittle. He is expensive, 7.5k, but taking on the Falcons, certainly you can see, as you said, with Jimmy G, that offense rolling. They've got a huge implied total. And look at what he has done over the last two weeks. Jimmy G looks for him. And if that continues against the Falcons, my gosh. Sorry, Kyle. It's gonna be rough.
1: <laughs> I actually would love it just because I love Kittle. Just I'm not I'm not counting on this game for our win total, man. You know, I'm not counting on
0: it. Yeah, me either. Although But I am
1: I'm kinda I'm kinda at the point with Kyle Shanahan where I'm just like, dude, I'm I'm done with you. Really? Why? Like I think he's thinks he's the smartest person in the room at all times. And I don't like people like that.
0: Okay. But sometimes he is the smartest.
1: I know that's true. But other times I feels like when we question his decisions, he gets mad. It's like, dude, you're a human being. You get things wrong all the time. Anyway, Kyle Shanahan. Um just, he's slowly slid down the list of people that I truly respect in the game. Okay. I respect him. All right. All right. Fair enough. I don't, I don't think he's a genius anymore. Uh, I need to say Mark Andrews, 6.4, because he is the tight end one on the season. He's tied with Travis Kelsey in total targets. This is a different Mark Andrews than we've seen in the past. Before, it was like those monster touchdown games. This year, you're getting those games, even if he doesn't score, he's awesome. So Mark Andrews is a beast. I wouldn't mind playing him. This week, even without Lamar, like that's where he racked up a ton of production last week with Tyler Huntley. All right. Give me a defense that has slate breaking upside.
0: Yes, real quick. Before you get on to that, I just want to say if you are playing that that game stack with uh, Rogers, absolutely love Mark Andrews as a bring back. So I'm with you there with MBS. Uh, Mark Andrews, a little mini correlation should be fun. Uh, but yeah, defense. I'm looking at a team that can break the slate. It is the Dallas Cowboys. They're 3.6 K. They've got Michael Parsons, who looks like one of the best defensive players in football, even as a rookie. Demarcus Lawrence is healthy. Rennie Gregory taking on the Giants' offensive line and some sort of beautiful combination of Jake Fromm and our boy Mike Lennon. Yes, they are going to give Jake Fromm reps, they said this week. They said they've got, like, design plays for Jake Fromm, which... What? (laughs) I don't know. The Cowboys could just smother them this week. Uh, They're an awesome play in tournaments.
1: I'm going to bring up the Packers at 3.3 at Baltimore, whose offensive line is blown up, completely blown up, and could be without Lamar Jackson. It's not trending in a great way. So that game feels like one of those where you could see the Packers score a touchdown, get some sacks, and their defense has just been great. They've been great for most of the year. So Packers would be an interesting one to pay up for and reap the rewards in AGPP. But let's get to a couple mailback mailbag questions. mailbag you can send in your beautiful questions to me at kyle underscore borg or bets at fantasy pt you can become part of our discord channel if you want to hop on board and talk to some beautiful lovely people that are obsessed with dfs just like you in week 15 but let's get into this first question it's from at BS Coulter 5 on twitter he asked would this be a good week to stack alpha wide receivers and go low on running back and quarterback for cash
0: I think so. Yeah, we kind of talked about it already. You know, there's like the names of uh, Devonta Foreman, and we talked about Sony, James Robinson. They're all in really good price points. And then, you know, we love Cooper Cup and Devonta Adams. So I think it makes a lot of sense to go with that strategy. And then, yeah, quarterback, we talked about it with Tua. So, yes, I'm very much in on this strategy, especially if you're playing cash games.
1: I got a text literally an hour before we were recording from my best friend. I'm going to give him a shout out. His name's Benton. And he literally just showed me a lineup, and it has Devonte Adams, Cooper Cup, and Deontay Johnson. He says, "Isn't doesn't this just look good?" And I was like, "Dude, how did he do that?" You're right. He didn't show me what he did at running back. Okay, but he specifically showed that to me. He was building his lineup on DraftKings this week, and all he said was, "Dude, just make sure you give me a shout out at least somewhere for the advice." So there you go. I'm gonna give him. The, I, I think it's. I think getting two in your lineup is, is totally doable. I, I think three is just overkill. You're going to be able to not have enough anywhere else. But yeah, if you wanted to go cheap, with like we mentioned, Tua and Cash, you want to get a couple 5K running backs and then get, if you want a Devontae and Cup or if you want a Cup and Deontay, I would think that you're doing great because you can find value somewhere else. We already mentioned Devontae Parker as that other cheap play. So yeah, there's there's value on this slate that's already gross. So it's actually not that hard to get to. That combination next one is from at Kevin kernick he has a very good question he asks is it officially hashtag Marvin
0: Jones season I'm gonna let you take this one man what do you think
1: <laughs> I I no it's not it's it's a bad offense that bets has said every single week he's gonna bet their team implied total did you do that bets
0: not yet I will do it right after the show I promise this time <laughs>
1: The people are going to be so mad at you for talking about us on the air and then wasting our money. We could have made so much off you, but I mean, the opportunities can be there, but the problem is just overall, Trevor Lawrence hasn't been good. I don't think that Urban Meyer is going to solve all of their offensive issues. It is the Texans. So if you want to take a shot, you have a better shot than most weeks. It's just not a game environment where you can say the Jaguars are going to score 35 plus points. Uh, you're And James Robinson is a better bet at getting a touchdown. But yeah, if he, if he gets on board and he gets a touchdown, I hope my Twitter's blown up.
0: I disagree with you. I think Marv Jones is an awesome GPP player this week. And it's funny because our roles are reversed. Usually you're in on Marv, I'm out. Listen, James <laughs> Robinson it'll is going to be top five in roster percentage this week, guaranteed. He's going to be extremely popular. If it doesn't go through him, and let's say Urban Meyer is really that bad of a head coach that he can't even get his playmakers involved, I mean, Daryl Bevel, man, you know where he was at OC before. In Detroit, with Marv, where Marv was successful. I am talking myself into a Trevor Lawrence, Marv Jones, Millie Maker stack this week. Let's go.
1: You're not even going to play the Millie Maker, but I think it's a great idea. I I will take that idea, run it back with Brandon Cooks, and I will give you 20 bucks. Let's have a day. I'll give you a little tip if I win. Okay. How about that? All right. Next question is from... At Hovaverse, he said, I've been struggling with this and I wonder if you guys might have a solution. It's. I thought it was going to be like a medical problem like that they were going to bring up. It's not. And you're going to give medical advice.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not a doctor. That would be an interesting DFS segment, wouldn't it?
1: <laughs> hey, by the way, totally unrelated <laughs> to DFS. Um, I have this rash. Anyway, uh, do you think it's better to build your lineups first and then choose where you want to enter or do you reserve seats in contests and build lineups based around that?
0: I think my general strategy here is to take the second part of this question. So reserve the contest, or at least have an idea of what contest you're going to play, and then build your lineup for that contest. And then we've talked a lot this summer about you know what your lineup looks like in these small tournaments that I play in versus a cash game versus the Millie maker should look completely different. And if you're building lineups just kind of blindly firing away, regardless of the you know the contest, it you're you're doing yourself a disservice. So yes, I definitely like to think about. My lineups after I already know what um, you know what contest I'm going to play that's my personal strategy I think if you're not doing that you should certainly start
1: I think with cash what you need to do or what, what I personally do is I pick whichever double up so the the $25 double up the single entry is the one that I write my article on each week so that's what I enter every single week first thing I do is I enter that contest and I make a cash game lineup and then I actually use that same lineup in all my other ones and I just import it. So in that regard, that's how I enter those cash contests. But in terms of GPPs, I don't mind, like if you're going to do a three max, reserve those three and then you can build them out later. Like I, th- I think that's totally a fine way to do it. Uh, when I do 20 max, I usually don't reserve the 20. I just kind of start building around that. But yeah, in the single single entry, reserve them because then you're saying, okay, I'm going to build this lineup around that. Uh, I think that's totally fine, but there's not a wrong way to do it. I think though when you start building lineups and you have lineups, you'll just start entering into, into a bunch where you're not really differentiating yourself. So I would say slow down a bit if you find yourself just entering as many contests as possible. Uh, know your bankroll, know where your risk tolerance is and everything else. All right, one more question. It's from at John Rintow on Twitter. He says, I strongly prefer cash games. So on a week like this, where the cash plays are, quote, less obvious, how do you remain confident in the process? Or do you not bother with cash and go strictly GPP? I love the show. Your advice helped me cash in five of the last seven weeks. Cheers, he says.
0: Nice. Congratulations on the uh, the cash there, John. Um, For the question... I think I know we talked on Tuesday. That this is looking like a really tough slate for cash. I think it's going to set up to be extremely chalky. Um, Devonte Parker, everyone is going to play Cooper Cup. Everyone is going to play. I think Tua gets up there. I think James Robinson is, is the chalk play. I mean, it, it's very clear. So I think there's a good edge this week in tournaments. It's not that you can't play cash, but I just I think it is going to be actually pretty clear like who are the best plays. Um, but on this slate, it, it might be a situation where the best plays are still pretty fragile as far as their projection. So that's what we're kind of talking about where it might be more of that GPP week. So I'm I'm still going to play a little bit of cash. Don't get me wrong, but I think I'm probably going to be overweight my usual exposure to GPPs this week, just given the nature of the slate and how crazy the week's been and all that sort of stuff.
1: Yes, I'm, I'm with you. I'm probably going to be more 60 or 70% GPP this week in terms of what I play. And... Running backs is where I think in tournaments you can get the most different because those plays that we mentioned, James Robinson, Donta Foreman, like, I love those guys. I really like them in terms of cash. What's their median projection? Like 13 points, 14 points. Like it's, it's nothing that you would say I need to have that in a lineup in a GPP. So that's what makes me say when I look at a slate and I say, well, Najee Harris is projected for 18, 19 points. I could find 18 or 19 points somewhere from a wide receiver like at a way different price points. So I like mixing and matching my lineups that way when there's not a ton of strong projections, when the cash line is probably going to be lower. You know, maybe it'll be higher if the chalk like Cup and Devontae Adams hits and let's say Parker hits too, like, okay, well then the cash line is going to be fine. But if they don't, then that gives you a chance in a tournament to play somebody like Yoseki instead or to play uh, Tyler Higbee and van jefferson together instead of cup like those are just the ways that you can get different but yeah it's a fun week and and that's what we love about dfs every week is different you get to adjust your process and kind of start all over you can go to ballersdfs.com if you want to play against bets and myself or DraftKings league fantasy footballers dfs borg plus bets we will open up some of those contests i know some of you guys fight over them because they fill up so quickly But yes, we will open them up because we would love to play against you this week. So go to BallersDFS.com if you want to play with us in bets. Why don't you sign us off?
0: For sure. Would absolutely love to do that. Um, Yeah, man, we got some Saturday football. We got a two-game slate. Maybe we'll open up a little contest for the Saturday slate as well. But yes, come play with us at BallersDFS. Go get in the DFS Pass. It is far too cheap for what it offers at the holiday season. I'm excited about this week. Stay tuned into the news because it is going to get wild out there. Good luck on Sunday. We'll see you on Tuesday